Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Peristyle Podcast, brought to you by uscfootball.com, where we talk about everything USC, and especially USC football, in our first segment of episode number 26, it's our 26th episode of the Peristyle Podcast, we always talk to the coach, Harvey Hyde. How are you doing today, coach? I'm doing great, uh, Ryan. It's good to be with you again. And uh, boy, I see it seems the weeks get shorter, and I can't believe that we've been doing this now for uh, a half a year. I'll tell you, it's unbelievable how time flies by. It's pretty exciting, and we are in a very exciting time, and that's why we have a very exciting show for you today. Uh, fall camp started just after our last episode, last week, last Wednesday. So we have a week into fall camp last night. USC held their first scrimmage of the fall. It was at the Coliseum. We're going to talk about that. We have a user question we have to get to. And, of course, we're going to talk all about Mark Sanchez and what's going on with the quarterbacks. But before we get to that, just wanted to thank our sponsors. They actually make this podcast possible. So thank you, everyone, over at Southern California Tickets, sctickets.com. If you need tickets for any kind of sporting event, concert, theater, all stuff like that, you can give them a call also at 1-800-888. 7287. And coach, like I said, a very, very exciting show today. We have so much to talk about. Are you excited for fall camp? I really am. Uh, in fact, I'm going down to uh, watch practice today, this afternoon, and uh, take a look around and see what's going on. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you know, I uh, was at the scrimmage last night at the Coliseum. Uh, it wasn't all that exciting. Uh, there was, uh, it was kind of like those preseason NFL games where, you know, the, the starters come in and they get a few reps, they get, you know, a series or two, and then they're kind of showcasing all of the younger guys that are fighting for a spot. Uh, play after play, I was down there filming on the sidelines, coach, and play after play, I'm like, whoa, that was a great hit, and it was by a walk-on. Um, so there was a lot of uh, a lot of walk-ons playing in the game, which is good for them, and it's a good, for, good chance for the coaches to watch them on film in game situations at the Coliseum. But only one touchdown, Coach. It was Garrett Green at quarterback throwing to Brandon Carswell. It was it was a really nice touchdown throw, but that was the only score of the scrimmage. So for the fans that did show up, they didn't really advertise it as an open uh, practice at the Coliseum. But there were some fans in the stands. wasn't all that exciting, Coach. Well, you know, at the early part of the season now, uh, the defense is always ahead of the offense, especially now with Mark Sanchez out uh, You've got young quarterbacks now going against uh, the defense, and, and the defense knows SC's offense. I mean, really, they know it. They go against it every day. So they recognize uh, the certain uh, sets. They recognize the certain fakes. They recognize certain players in and so on. So the defense is going to be always ahead of the offense at this time because on defense, uh, you know, you more or less play wild and abandoned and aggressive and so on. On offense, you've got to recognize defenses and block people. And if one person slips off or one person doesn't hear the call correctly or the snap count correctly or the the whole play or the timing is off, then, then the play's uh, a mess. So, the, you know, I'm not surprised at that. And then sometimes, you know, you give the offense too much to learn at one time and you throw it all out there. 
And you might do it on purpose, but you want to look at it on film and be able to correct it all uh, the next day when you get meet with your offense and you meet with the position coaches and so on with their players. And they go over all of the different sets and, and understand what's going on. Because a lot of the scrimmages are scripted. And what I mean by that, and I'm sure you understand this, Ryan, the offense knows what defense is going to be run. The players don't. And the defense knows what offensive play they're going to run against it so that they're able to uh, see that play against a certain look or they're able to see uh, that quarterback check out of the play and go to the correct play that's supposed to be run against that defense. Unless you do that in practice, then you really can't teach it. You've got to be able to teach it against a certain set, and the player's got to be able to see it to say, yeah, you did the right thing, or no, you didn't do the right thing. On this play, when they're in that defense, we should be doing this or blocking him or whatever. So, you know, a lot of it you can't really tell uh, if the offense did the right thing or the defense did the wrong thing. But the defense is always ahead of the offense at this time. And sometimes you throw a lot at these young players, and you know it's not going to be successful, but it's more than what they can really remember and they're confused rather than be aggressive. Now, if you want to find out who's the best, you run one defense, you run one offense, you keep it very simple, you line up, you run just a few plays, and you pound at each other, and you see who's going to win. But that's not the case. So I didn't see the scrimmage. I didn't see the films of the scrimmage, so I can't tell you exactly my opinion of it. But I'm going to tell you, I know they script certain things to see certain coverages, certain fronts, and so on, so they can teach off of it. All right, well, you can check out on uscfootball.com going up on Wednesday. We do have highlights of the scrimmage, and it was uh, mostly defensive highlights, Coach. I think one of the big issues, I talked to a couple of players, like uh, Jordan Campbell, the uh, linebacker, he had a great day. Um, there, was, there was a lot of, you know, uh, Brian Cushing recovered a fumble. Um, DeJon Harris had a couple of sacks. Uh, there was a few def- deflected passes. But most of the highlights I have were, were definitely defensive highlights. Uh, one of the one of the issues I think was on Monday. You know, overall in camp, coach, I think you would have to say the defense was ahead of the offense, and they've been fired up. And, and Coach Norton uh, gets the troops all all rallied, and they're all yelling and screaming and talking some trash. Kyle Moore's out there; he's kind of a legendary trash talker on the team for the defense. On Monday, the the offense kind of broke through and and had some gutsy plays. weren't They weren't like fancy plays, like over the top, but like run up the middle for touchdown type plays. And they went crazy. And there would like two or three would happen in a row, and they celebrated like it was uh, they won the Rose Bowl or something. It was really, it was kind of a, a neat moment of practice watching them go off. Well, I think the defense remembered that. That was on Monday. On Tuesday night was the scrimmage. And a couple of guys I talked to said, yeah, they knew. And the coaches knew, like, hey, we want to make a statement. The offense beat us yesterday. We want to come out and beat them today. And I, I really haven't seen a scrimmage where the offense just only scored one time. Well, you know, you do have that uh, uh, competition against each other. And, and, you know, the coaches do get their players fired up because they – have pride in themselves and the players have pride in themselves and they don't want to ever become used to getting beat on or getting stopped. The next scrimmage you're going to see the offense uh, where uh, maybe not under, you know, circumstances where it's always the way it's supposed to be, but Coach Carroll has got to be able to build confidence in the offense. So there might be certain plays called against certain defense to make it difficult for the defense. And if defense stops that play, they made a great play but the offense might experience some success. 
And you do this because you just can't be one-sided. You just can't be a defensive football team. You might have that pride now that it's the offense versus the defense, but when it gets to game time, it's the defense and the offense and the special teams. So, you know, you, you have that fight, you have that determination now in camp for pride of your unit and all of the positions and so on, but you've got to be a team and you've got to have an offense but the defense isn't going to win a game. You might have... What twelve ties zero zero, <laughs> but you know if you win by one point, it's a victory. So you've got to have the offense to keep the defense off the field. So uh, you know you've got to develop this young offense. And remember, this defense could be one of the best defenses in the country, if not the best defense in the country. I would think it's Ohio State or USC overall wise. And uh, you've got to be able to bring your offense along because if you don't have your offense supporting the defense, then your defense is on the field the entire day. You saw that last year. I hate to use another team across town, but the UCLA-Notre Dame game a year ago. The defense played a tremendous game against Notre Dame. What, Notre Dame had 100 yards offense and, and, and won? <laughs> that, you, mean, don't, you don't see that too often. No, you don't see that too often. So, you know, it's all part of getting ready to play. And Of course, you've got young quarterbacks out there, and if anything, Garrett Green's got more experience at USC than anyone at quarterback. So understanding the offense, that's what I mean. But I think the others will develop and come along, and, and you know, they're probably real tight right now, and, and they're pushing themselves a little bit, and they're coming out trying to read the right defense, and they're nervous and, and so on. But it takes time. And, you know, if Mark's not going to be in there, you want to have your young quarterbacks, Mustaine and Corp, out there now making the mistakes. You want the mistakes to happen now. You don't want the mistakes to happen during the game. So if they're going to make a mistake and they're going to throw an interception, then you learn off that interception and you correct it so you don't do it again. So, you know, this is the time that the offense is going to struggle. The offensive line is now starting to have some continuity and players playing certain positions. And I really like the way the offensive line uh, is 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 now in a combination of, of players on the field. I, I think they now have their offensive line somewhat in place with the most experienced players and the players who I think that should be at the positions they are, and we'll see what happens with that as they go along. I just hope that, that there isn't any more injuries like Jeff Byers' situation or, or anyone to, to deplete the experience of the offensive line because it is a very young offensive line, but it should be come a very talented uh, offensive line. And I'll tell you what, that line has got to grow up in a real hurry. They, they do, you're going to go against Ohio State, which is one of the toughest defenses in the country. Yeah, Coach, and I think that was one of the concerns yesterday is there was a lot of pressure uh, on the quarterbacks. But I mean, there was there was a fumbled snap or two. Uh, there were some ones that were almost fumbled. But like Mike Reardon, the uh, second-string center, was out. Um, so you had Nick Howell, who was playing tackle. Now he's playing kind of backup center. He got a lot of time. So there was a lot of stuff going on. I don't want Trojan fans to worry too much. There wasn't a lot of first-team versus first-team reps. Uh, guys like Vidal Hazelton was was out of the scrimmage, so one of their go-to receivers wasn't in there. Um, Patrick Turner got, you know, he was in there a little bit, but he wasn't in all that much. So it was more to kind of showcase the young guys, give Aaron Corp and Mustaine some looks against, you know, kind of mixed defenses. So I wouldn't worry too much. But you did mention Garrett Green. He is the only 
quarterback on the team that's thrown a touchdown pass in the Rose Bowl. So even Mark Sanchez hasn't done that yet. So it's kind of funny. He did get the touchdown yesterday. We actually did a nice feature on him this week. If you want to check uscfootball.com out, uh, we put a little nice piece up on him. Coach, you know, he decided between USC, UCLA, and Harvard. Can you believe that? Yeah, I can. I'll tell you, I've had a chance to meet his father and mother uh, over at the, you know, the pregame activities at at USC. They're tremendous people. And look, look at what type of kid this kid is. He goes from safety to quarterback, back to safety, back to quarterback. I mean, that's a team player. I mean, that's the type of guy you want on your team. Believe me, he reminds me of McDonald's son. Uh, how he was always there, always there to back up uh, Matt and whoever John and, and those people, and came in, and I always had a lot of confidence in him. I really did. And then he had that opportunity to throw that touchdown pass. Uh, I tell you, uh, I, you know, they, those are what you call team guys. They're not stars that you you read about, or you're not going to go probably into the NFL. But they're players you got to have on your team. They're players that contribute to your team that are always there. You can always count on them. So, you know, I, 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 I like to see him get the credit. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Garrett Green, he also played wide receiver. Obviously, he did that last year. That's when he yeah, threw the pass. Right. And he, in the spring, he worked out as the holder before he told me he got booted from doing that. He was holding for kicks. Now Greg Wojnick, the punter, is doing it. And he was he's on the punt team and stuff, too. He's on special teams covering kicks. Uh, even though he was doing it in his yellow jersey, he's like, yeah, I still want to do it, even though he's playing quarterback. He's still out there in the yellow jersey covering kicks. So, yeah, he's a he's a really good kid, nice kid, and you know we're happy to see him do well and uh, help out the team however he can. But, Coach, we want to get to our user question for the day before we talk about the Mark Sanchez situation. Uh, it's from Tarion, and he's talking about the 7-on-7 drills and um, saying that it seems like uh, lately it's kind of like the drill to get the best practice against uh, defensive backs going against offensive skill positions. And he wanted to know, well, I think it's a five-part question, but basically he wanted to know what's the prime objective of it. Um, and there's, are there only certain players focused for given sessions where, where they run the seven-on-seven stuff? And do you use it more during the season or like during fall camp? No, you always do seven-on-seven. Seven. Yeah, you, you do it uh, almost every practice during the year as far as game planning and also developing your passing game and your defensive coverages. Uh, I think it's a very important uh, drill because it gives your quarterback and your receivers an opportunity to work against different defenses, recognize these defenses, uh, know each other by what they need to do. The defenses, too, can cover up and do different things. Uh, and, again, this is normally scripted. And I hope our listeners understand what I'm meaning when I'm saying this. The coaches get together, the offensive coaches and the defensive coaches, and they say, okay, uh, on, we're going to run this defense against this offense and so on. So they can, again, teach off of seven-on-seven. Seven. They, can, they can say, okay, now on this play, they're in cover one. You should have recognized this, and you should have done this, or you should have done that, or you should have done the fade, or the comeback, or the, look at the tight end on the drag on this, or you should audibleize out of it. Now, of course, the the offense has a little bit of an edge on this because you, unless you have a, a timer on and a clock on it, normally you always do as far as the amount of time a quarterback has to find a receiver because he doesn't have to throw through a rush. I used to have uh, defensive line linemen come across the uh, the uh, line of scrimmage and just run by the quarterback or stand on the other side of the line of scrimmage and jump up and down 
just so the quarterback had to look through people's hands or find a seam to throw the ball to. So it's more, a little bit more realistic. But it's something you have to do. You have to have seven-on-seven seven every day. You have to do it during the season when you're game planning. You have to go against the opponent's secondary on, on exactly what their coverages are and how you think they're going to cover. And if you get in this set and you go into motion, this is what you should see from that type of alignment, and this is who's going to be open. So you, you do seven-on-seven seven every day, and you learn to work as a unit. And uh, normally, you know, it's a 20- or 30-minute uh, segment. I used to, You can't get enough of it as you can't get enough pass blocking and one-on-one blocking and seven-on-seven and, and seven as far as or five-on-five and three-on-three on, three on, on defensive line drills and so on. It's all a part of getting better. And then you put it together as 11-on-11. 11 11. So you work three-on-three, one-on-one, seven-on-seven. You do all these different types of drills during practice, during the technique periods, then you bring it together and you have your 11-on-11, 11 11 and you work on certain things during that period of time. You can't work on everything during 11-on-11. 11 11. You work on two-minute drill, or you work on screens, or you work on draws, or you work on uh, off-tackle plays. And then when you have your scrimmages, you just let it go. You do a little bit of everything so that it's a more realistic situation of uh, what's going on where the... Uh, you put it all together, and everybody works together uh, as far as on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. And then, uh, Coach, uh, he had a kind of follow-up question. Is there a lot of game planning that goes into seven-on-seven? Like are, are you like you said, you've got to run against a certain defense. Is it sometimes it's the offensive turn, and they're going to let the defense try to mimic kind of what the you know next opponent's going to be? Or is it mostly you run the USC offense, you run the USC defense, and just kind of go at each other? Oh, no, right now you run the USC offense and you run the USC defense during camp. They won't start game planning Virginia or what they know about Virginia until about, I would guess, 10 days, 8 days before the first game. You don't, you don't want to do too much of that. You just want to learn how to do your things right first. If you can't do your things right first, run your offense correctly, run your defense correctly, then it isn't going to make any difference what the game plan is, but you can't do what you do well. You've got to be able to do what you do well first before you can do it against somebody else's stuff. Yeah, it makes sense, Coach. And I also wanted to know if they do a lot of uh, tackling in those drills and how, do that, how does that drill dovetail into 11-on-11. 11 11. And typically down at USC, like they'll, they'll complete the passes and stuff, but they're not usually – there'll be some hitting, but there's not usually like bring the guy to the ground even when they're in full pads on 7-on-7 seven seven, where you will get more of that when you get the linemen out there and 11-on-11? And 11 11. Well, I tell you, you can't, you can't just tee off on a guy. I mean, you really can't. You know it's a pass. You know it's not a run. You know, so, you know, to, to tee off on your teammate hurts the team. It really does. I mean, what if you lose? Like last year, Pat Turner got blindsided coming across the middle there. Uh, Mel Luger gave him what you call a knockout punch. I mean, uh, obviously it's not done on purpose, but you can't condone that. You can't injure your own teammate during a non-contact drill. Yes, you cover and so on. And, you know, you can go across and knock the ball down. You can go across and not even make the play, but everyone knows you would have made the play. You've got to be able to respect your teammate, and you can't knock your teammate out of the game or injure him in practice. But it's a, it's a free shot at him, you know, and, and, that, and that's not the way you, you, you play football. 
I mean, anyone can be a you know half speed all American when you don't have when you don't know what's going on. I used to call me, you know, you you're not you're a half speed all American. Wait till we're going full speed. Wait till we you don't know if it's run or pass. And you know, it's easy to knock a guy out when you know it's what the route might even be because you go against your own team. So you've got to respect your teammates. You've got to make the plays and so on. But you don't want to hurt anybody or do anything ridiculous uh, out there because it's going to hurt you. It's not going to, people aren't going to commend you for that type of hit. They're going to look at you and say you're a fool. And you might even get your butt ripped a, a, a real lot by the coaches. In fact, I know you will. Yeah, well, Terry, and hopefully that answered your question, Coach. Nice job on that one. If anyone else has a question for us, you can always email us. Podcast at uscfootball.com is the email address. Again, that's podcast at uscfootball.com. Or stop by the uscfootball.com message boards and drop us a question there. Coach, we got to talk about Mark Sanchez. How about we take a little break, come back, and we'll talk all about the quarterback situation. All right, buddy. we got to hustle up, though, man. We're getting into overtime. It's in overtime. All right. So, everyone, stay tuned. We'll have a quick break. We'll come back, and we'll talk quarterbacking with the coach. The Parastyle Podcast will be back after this short break. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287, 1-800-888-7287, that's 1-800-888-7287, or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. Hey, USC Trojan fans, to get into the huddle of your Southern Cal Trojans, log on to uscfootball.com today for all the latest in Trojan football, basketball, and recruiting news. Ryan Abraham will give you an in-depth analysis, recruiting updates, and will answer your questions every day on the message board. So for all the latest in team and recruiting news on your USC Trojans, check out uscfootball.com, the officially licensed Southern Cal site of the Rivals.com network. We now return to the Parastyle Podcast and your host, Ryan Abraham. We are back with the Parastyle Podcast for a second segment with Coach. Coach, we normally don't get you on this side of the break. Good to have you back. Well, thank you very much, Ryan. uh, Well, you know what? With the football season here and the questions that we get and so on, I certainly do want to answer those questions and try to make everyone aware of uh, what's going on as as far as the best of my ability. All right. Well, we have... uh, the big question that came out this week, Mark Sanchez, I was down on the practice field, actually filming on the other side of the field. Someone comes up to me and points to me, and there's Mark Sanchez in the triage tent being attended to. Uh, people had to carry him off the field, ice on his knee. There was all kinds of worry going on. We got quotes from Mustaine and Corp, and it sounded, I mean, it, it, ever, the feeling on the practice field was, you know, he was gone for the year. It was like this terrible knee injury. That's I think everyone assumed for the worst. We, we, people were watching practice. There was probably about 200 fans there. But most of the time, everyone was on the sidelines just talking about Mark, 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 Mark Sanchez, Mark Sanchez. And uh, Garrett Green, like we talked about in the last segment, got, got warmed up. He was uh, throwing the football around a little bit just because he's the emergency quarterback. They only had two scholarship quarterbacks besides Green, uh, Mitch Mustaine and Aaron Corp. 
Um, they have Chris McCaffrey, who is a walk-on quarterback. He's he's new to the team as well, but they needed some more numbers there. I think they even talked to Brandon Carswell, who played some quarterback in high school, but he's going to stay at receiver. And he, he was the only one that got a touchdown pass last night, Coach, at the uh, at the scrimmage. But now it comes out, you know, it's a dislocated kneecap, no major bone damage, no ligament damage. It looks like he could be back in a couple of weeks uh, at best-case scenario. So he started rehab this week. He was immobilized over the weekend. He's been spending every day of practice on a cart, kind of watching and keeping uh, you know, keeping mentally ready of what's going on and, and helping the quarterbacks that are in there now fighting for reps. Um, but, Coach, it's, it's kind of a weird situation. There's, he could come back a little bit before Virginia. He could come back after Virginia before Ohio State. He could come back after Ohio State and what what do you think is going to happen here and, and you know even if he does come back if if you have a guy like Mustaine doing well I mean is is it going to be easy for Mark to get his job back Well I tell you you asked me about 12 questions there Sorry, okay Sorry coach there was you so do, much you going do on next week's show now too you <laughs> want to do number 27 We could do it all <laughs> But uh, but uh let let's uh start off by saying this first of all the injury to Mark Sanchez is very unfortunate but if you're going to have an injury to a quarterback, your starting quarterback, uh, the timing of it was at a time, it wasn't like two days before your opening game. So in the negative way, you lose Mark Sanchez. The positive way, your other quarterbacks have an opportunity to get turns and to get better and be ready to play rather than just having a short period of time. You have competition and you try to teach them. And you try to do what they can do, not what Mark Sanchez does. They have a chance to become familiar with their offensive line, their snap counts, and all of that. So let's get that part of it done. Secondly, a dislocated kneecap is something that, you know, they're, everyone is trying to be positive. But, hey, it's a painful thing. It's something, and not a painful thing, but it's a mind-painful thought. Uh, you, you're always going to favor it. You're going to think about it. Uh, you know, if you take a hit on it, uh, it, could, it could be, you know, knock you out for the season. Yeah, you've got to be really careful with the rehab and when Mark Sanchez comes back. So you've got to be smart that way. Mark Sanchez would go out and play now. That's the type of kid he is. But you've got to look at him and you've got to work with the doctors in your training room and so on to make sure that you don't end his career on this type of thing. You've got to, you, no one game is that important to jeopardize a kid's career. So you've got to be real smart on when he comes back and how he comes back, and he comes back with the same confidence he had when he was injured. So you don't want him out there limping around. You don't want him out there thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get hit on the leg, or you don't want him out there getting injured again. So, you know, you love his enthusiasm. You're there, but you're not going to play him unless he's 100%, and he has a 100% mental attitude, too, with it as far as not favoring it. As far as the other two are concerned, you're going to have fierce competition. Both of them are very talented. I've always said you never have enough players. Pete Carroll has always said that, and you really don't, especially a quarterback. So these two, I feel one of them will start against Virginia. I feel that. Uh, the, the time goes by quickly, and you've got to be ready to play. Who that individual is, I don't know. That's for the coaches to figure out and for them to do what this kid can do. Keep it simple, but allow him to execute what he can do well. Because they're both very talented players. So I'm not going to get into who's starting or who's the best. Now, here's the thing that you face after that. 
whoever does start, and if that individual starts and goes down there and does well against Virginia, or if the individual that starts and goes down to Virginia doesn't do well and the other individual comes in and does well, or both individuals don't do well at all, now you really got a, a situation to, to think about, but you've got Ohio State coming up. But let's take the first one. Let's say one of these two individuals start at Virginia and really do well. Let's say executes, has a great game plan, he throws for touchdowns, run for touchdowns, the offense looks great, the defense plays well. Now you come back and you don't have a game for two weeks. While Ohio State has two games, FCS one game. What happens here? Do you now pull this kid if Mark's ready to play? Or do you stay with this kid who's done really well and the team has responded to him down at Virginia? So you really do have a situation here because you're going to go back now and play uh, one of the top teams in the country. And really it's a, an elimination game, if you want me to tell you the truth. It's a playoff game. The team that wins this game has a straight shot, unless they beat themselves, to go to the national championship game. So it's an elimination game. So you have a lot on your your mind as far as not only being a football game, but, hey, this is a game that could cost you a national championship or, or make you the number one team in the country. So you do, you do you pull him or not? Well, say you start this kid that did well at Virginia, and let's say against Ohio State. Now, I want you to know it's going to be a low-scoring game. It's going to be a very low-scoring game, but you're going to have two top defenses playing each other. So you don't want a quarterback to make mistakes. You don't want a quarterback to to come in and not have reps and be ready to go. So let's say you, you, you don't start Mark. You start the guy that just blew out Virginia. And let's say it's a great game, and let's say SC finds a way to beat Ohio State. Now you really do have a situation because now here you have a quarterback who has got you over the hump and maybe you're the number one team in the country. Now what do you do? You bring back Mark, you stay with that quarterback. And I'm not saying who that quarterback is. Myself, I think it's going to be very difficult to replace that quarterback that puts you at a 2-0 and position and maybe the number one team in the country. Now you have to recognize that when you come to SC, you come to SC because of the competition, and you come to SC understanding that injuries do happen. And that's not on the negative side, but that's for a backup that when you get your chance and you go out there and if you perform, you can all of a sudden become the number one position guy at that position at any position. So I think right now that's what USC is faced with. And uh, I think that uh, that covers it all as far as when Mark comes back, how he comes back, who becomes a starting quarterback, and what happens the first and second game. Yeah, Coach, this has to be one of the hardest decisions a coach has to make. I'm not sure if you had to make decisions like this in the past, but typically Pete Carroll hasn't had to do that. And, you know, until last year, he's really had like a set quarterback from the beginning. You make that decision once. It was weird that they picked liner because people didn't think he was a starter. Then he became a starter and that it never, you know, that's the way it was the rest of his career. Uh, Booty, I guess the one time he had to make that decision, decision was with Booty. And, you know, he said he made the wrong decision. He left Booty in when he hurt his finger and he should have took him out and put in the backup quarterback. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know, coaches. This this has to be one of the hardest decisions you have to make as a coach. Well, yeah, and, and he doesn't have to make it yet. You know, you have to wait and see just how Mark Sanchez responds and how the other two respond. So 
we're sort of you know talking in generalities about the whole thing. So, uh, you know, this is this is that's what coaching is about. That's why you get paid big bucks, and uh, that's what you expect to do. And and he's qualified to do that. He sees the players every day. He talks to the doctors every day, and uh, he knows exactly uh, what to do. And he'll make the right decision. Now, the the leadership aspect that's gone. You, you can talk about Mark as a player. I mean, he's a great kid. Um, you know, everyone loves him. But he was definitely the leader all summer. And uh, I was worried, you know, when people were asking me, like, what's the biggest drop-off? I'm like, well, I think talent-wise, Mustaine and Corp are there. They're definitely talented. The, the the part that I would worry about would be because Mustaine, I mean, because Sanchez was such a leader throughout the summer, It, I think even now we're seeing it at practice, there might be a little bit of drop-off just because that leader, that very vocal and energetic leader, is now riding around on a cart with his knee braced up. Well, you know, and that's you got to grow up. Uh, you know, everybody that on the team's got to grow up. Those quarterbacks have got to grow up. You know, they're they're in a they're in a delicate situation. They don't want to step in there and all of a sudden start, you know, taking over and command. They've got to do that because Mark Sanchez is there watching whoever this is that's going to do that. But one of these young quarterbacks is going to step up and take over. And you've got to talk to them. Your quarterback coach has got to talk to them and say, hey, guys, one of you better step up. I'm getting more support from a guy in a golf cart with your team than you guys are as far as the quarterback. And you've got to expect, see, they're in a very difficult situation, but you've got, they've got a lot of respect for Mark Sanchez, as the team does. But you can't sit around and mope over that. You've got to pick it up. You've got to get going. You got a season coming. You got some big games coming. Mark will be back if he, it's when it's time. But you guys have got to pick it up and you got to go for it. So somebody's got to step up and say, "Hull up over here, damn it!" and talk like he would talk to him and say, "This is bull crap the way you guys are playing." And all of a sudden, they will respond to him. It's like a jockey on a horse. When you start to ride him, you, you don't hold on his range. You get him going, and you go to the whip if he's not running. Yeah, we'll have so to see, Coach, and see, because those guys, are they're kind of similar to Booty. Like, they have good leadership abilities, but they're not necessarily the outwardly vocal kind of guys that Sanchez well, was. Well, they, they won't be, but they've got to do it their way then. Yeah, definitely. But they've got to step up. All right, Coach. Well, we'll let you go. I know we uh, we ran a little long. We had two segments for you today, but I'm sure the Trojan fans appreciate it. Thank you so much for uh, joining us and sharing all your insights on the uh, fall camp so far. Okay, buddy. Let's thank Southern California Ticket Service because they make it happen. Definitely. Southern California Tickets, our sponsor. That's how we make this podcast happen. SCTickets.com, 1-800-888-7287. Thank you guys to them, and thank you, Trojan fans. We'll be back after this short break. We'll have some quotes, and we'll have a lot of audio from the fall scrimmage that was at the Coliseum on Tuesday night, so stay tuned. You are listening to the Peristyle Podcast from Los Angeles, California. Hey, USC Trojan fans, to get into the huddle of your Southern Cal Trojans, log on to uscfootball.com today for all the latest in Trojan football, basketball, and recruiting news. Ryan Abraham will give you an in-depth analysis, recruiting updates, and will answer your questions every day on the message board. So for all the latest in team and recruiting news on your USC Trojans, check out uscfootball.com, the officially licensed Southern Cal site of the Rivals.com network. 
It's time to get back to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. We are back for the third and final segment of the Peristyle Podcast, sponsored by uscfootball.com. I'm your host, Ryan Abraham. be flying solo with you in this segment, but don't worry, you'll hear from other people. We have some audio from Tuesday night scrimmage at the Coliseum. We'll hear from Pete Carroll and some of the other players. Uh, all about what was going on, going through their heads after that scrimmage at the Coliseum where the defense utterly dominated. But before we get to that, I wanted to give a shout-out to our newest sponsor, tailgatehaven.com. That's tailgatehaven, H-A-V-E-N.com. It's a brand-new website they launched on August 4th, and it's a way to bring Internet technology uh, to enhance the tailgate experience. They have two main products over there. They have a tailgate planner and a tailgate group website. So if you like the tailgate, go into USC games, check out tailgatehaven.com. All right, so first up, uh, just a quick recap of the scrimmage. Dominated by the, by the defense, like we said, there was only one touchdown, Garrett Green uh, to Brandon Carswell. It was kind of a long pass, I think it was about 35-yarder or so. Uh did look nice, but obviously Garrett Green was playing receiver as of a few days ago. Uh, so it's, you know, no one scored for the, uh, starting offenses, Aaron Corp or Mitch Mustaine. Corp got close and, uh, right before halftime ended up fumbling a snap, uh, going and trying to get into the end zone that was recovered by Brian Cushing. Speaking of fumbling the snap, this is what Pete Carroll was talking about in the first part of his interview. There was some problems with the center snap exchange and that was because they had a couple guys out. So you can hear from Pete Carroll on that. Still early, you know. Yeah, we're concerned. We had a, we we changed. Nick Cow went to center today, you know. So uh, he played half the scrimmage. So that's a, they have not worked with him at all. So some of that's going to happen. What do you think of uh, your offense's performance? Well, we didn't really get much done today. You know, we were very sluggish. You know, and, and uh, uh, you know, so that, I, I want to see what the film looks like. But we, we did pressure a lot today to, to see what would happen, and it was hard on us in this first scrimmage. So. Uh, but all in all, I thought it was, it was just a good hard-knocking day. Everybody got through this thing, got good work. It was really cool to see all these first-year guys get in the college team for the first time and, and answer it and go get after it and do some good things. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a really good first outing for us. Hey, can you talk about the way Aaron used his feet to make some gains? Did a nice job. Yeah, he did pick, pick and choose a nice time to get out of the pocket. I think he had 40 yards rushing or something, or 30 yards rushing in the thing, something like that. And uh, he showed that he's got a good instinct for it, yeah. Is he under instructions at all? If no one's open, go ahead and run? Or yeah, our quarterback's always open. Our quarterback's playing the game. That's what you do, yeah. Yeah, we don't. Yes, that's, and the answer is yes to that question. Okay. <laughs> what about Garrett? You had a nice touchdown pass today. Which yeah, really yeah. nice boy. He's been doing really well, just making this quick transition. He's got he's got more background in the offense than the other guys, you know. And you can tell just in his poise and his comfort calling the, the stuff in the huddle and all that. He's he's done a nice job so far. And really, he had no preparation for it uh, because of the surprise injury. You know. You worked some freshmen in today, I guess. Um, you know, West Horton with the first, he made a big play. Brian made the interception at the end. Up, he went blue side of the freshman kind of. Like, no, they, they were today the the. the the objective was to get those guys a lot of work and, and mix them in as much as we could. You know, that's this goes along with what we've always said. You know, we want these guys to get the, get the turns early and camp and show us where they are. In this first scrimmage, they had a they played a ton. You know, and so that was by design. Uh, I thought, you know, just the fact that they're out here playing and lining up right and playing hard football is, is an accomplishment after one week. You know, so uh, and we'll see how many plays they, they made. I, I thought the, one of the guys who jumped out today was Jordan Campbell. I thought he had a particularly good scrimmage. You know, he's done very well in practice. Shows great instincts, and he, he really he really showed up to me. Usually, not many guys catch my eye, but he did. Remember, Griffin, like, in practice yesterday, or played 
today? He's got, a little, uh, got just a little bit of a hamstring thing going on, and we just got to rest him. A bunch of these guys, if we were playing games, probably could have made it. This was like the first preseason game for us, and, and so we, we rested a number of guys to make sure that we don't you know, hurt, hurt him tonight, and we'll get him off for this next week. Blake Ailes in that same category? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blake got knocked in the head a little bit, so we just want to make sure he's clear and all that before we put him back there. Mustaine, how do you feel like he played? He some really good balls, you know. He did some good stuff. We got to, I just got to wait and see the film. I, I, I thought uh, when you don't score any points until the last second to last drive, you know, it can't be a great day. But um, just just managing the team and getting out there and playing, uh, stung the ball around a little bit, I thought it was it was a good first day for us. Corp seemed to take the majority of the first team. Yeah, it was his turn. It was his turn to do that, you know, and we'll keep flopping that in, in, until there's, you know, until we know more. So, uh, but today he got the, the shot to go with those guys right off the bat, and then we mixed the offensive line with Mitch as well, the first offensive line. If you notice, we went the first offensive line and second offensive line played the whole day. We didn't have a third group there with guys being banged up. So, um, both quarterbacks got to play with those guys. What's Mark Sales? Uh, he's looking better. He's walking around. You know, he's, he's starting to move, and he feels better. Um, you know, we're only in, I don't know, whatever it is. It seems like a month, but it's like day three or four or something from the injury. So uh, he, he's got a great attitude about it. I, I, I can't imagine this is going to tie him down for a long time. I think he's going to be all right. How come Joe McKnight only got a couple of snaps out there? Uh, he and Stefan did not play very much today. We wanted to make sure and see. We really started this camp off with the thought that Broderick Green and uh, and Mark Tyler needed to start over again as freshmen, in a sense. You know, the redshirt freshmen, they did not get a great look in camp because they're getting the bulk of the work right now uh, to make sure that we get a great evaluation on those guys. And, and also, CJ gets more work because he missed the season, you know, so he needs a little more work. So that, that's really the, the criteria right now. So no concern about the offense at this point? Well, I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not worried about it at all. No, it's too early to be concerned about anything right now. We're just playing football and getting better. Do you think CJ gets lost in the shuffle a little bit when you talk about backs because he didn't play last year? And I mean, no, he's not lost in my shuffle. <laughs> no, he's right on top of the stack. He's a really good football player. Uh, I'm not worried about about CJ at all. He, I know he can play. Uh, we're just getting him back to full speed right now. Next up, I got to catch up with linebacker Jordan Campbell after the scrimmage. He ended up with three tackles, including two for a loss, and he had a couple big hits. So let's hear what he had to say. So it looks like the defense kind of dominated out there today. How would you guys feel out there? Um, everybody's gelling together. Everyone's uh, running around fast. Coach is giving us a lot of confidence. It's just about uh, even if we mess up, just get to the ball, and uh, we're getting a chance to gel together and just become a good uh, one unit. doesn't matter if the ones in or with the twos, the twos with the ones. Every, the linebacker cores, everybody's getting uh, used to each other. Everyone's just running around fast playing ball. Yesterday at practice, the offense looked like they got a little lippy there. They were kind of sh- shouting and screaming and celebrating. Would you guys... Kind of want to make a statement today? Oh yeah, definitely. Coach wouldn't let that go. He kept on uh, kept on preaching about the offense, how they had a good day yesterday. They dominated us on the goal line, good dominated us on all that stuff. So today we're just able to get back at them and uh, shut stuff down. You got some uh, pretty big hits in there. We got it on film a little bit. Do you, you feel pretty good hitting out there? Yeah, I'm, I'm almost back to my old self. Every day I'm getting better and better. I'm getting more confidence, getting uh, to know the defense uh, defense from uh, from the first scrimmage to the second scrimmage. I'm getting to know it better. And I'm able to just play ball, just be able to go out there and not second-guess myself, fly around. I know my assignment's a lot easier when you know your assignments than when you, before I used to second-guess them before the beginning of the camp started. So now that I'm able to know the defense, I know where I'm supposed to go, it allows me just to run around and uh, just play football. I know how. Now, uh, where's court Coach Norton putting you right now? Which positions are you playing? I'm uh, just wheel linebacker right now. I'm working with the uh, – well, I was with the threes. Now I work my way to the twos. Now I'm getting reps with the ones. So it's uh, it's, it's going great right now. He's just, it's just He wants me to get comfortable at one position before he wants me to try another position so right now i'm getting real comfortable i will linebacker and it's allowing me just to play fast and, and just to make plays next up we hear from receiver brandon carswell he was the only player to score a touchdown in the scrimmage and ironically he caught it from a former wide receiver 
Garrett Green. Looked like it was a kind of tough day for the offense today. What was going on? Yeah, it was kind of tough. Yeah, it was a it was a kind of tough day, but uh, you know, there's just some things that everybody needs to work on to just get this thing rolling for Virginia. Now, Vidal was over here. Why did he call you Diddy? <laughs> oh, uh, that's just a nickname uh, they gave me back in high school, uh, like my whole persona and everything like that back in my city. So they just gave me the nickname Diddy. Nice. You had uh, you had the only touchdown of the game. We went, I can't believe no more no more people aren't talking to you. What happened on that play? Uh, well, it was just a, a win situation. You know, it's one on one matchups, and uh, you know, my quarterback just trusted in me, and I got the route done. Quarterback was Garrett Green. That's a little strange having him throwing balls to you. Yeah. Uh, well, it's cool. We kind of have a connection. You know, he's, he was a receiver. That's my buddy. So, uh, you know, he just put it out there. He said he definitely misses the receiver meetings. You guys miss him not being around? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely miss Gigi in there. You know, he uh, he brings excitement to the position. You know, he uh, a lot of insight. He has a lot of knowledge, and he helps us young guys. So it was pretty good. But, uh, yeah, we definitely miss him. Now, last one, you guys have a real deep rotation. Which positions are you working through? What kind of routes are you trying to get on the field? I mean, the more routes you know, obviously, the more you get on the right. field, right? Right. Um, well, just anywhere they put me. You know, I'm just trying to study the playbook, know where I need to line up and things like that. And, uh Hopefully, you know, they'll find a role for me so I can just be in there. USCfootball.com beat writer Dan Waike caught up with Aaron Corp just after the scrimmage. No, it's it just my fault on that. I, I got something I got to work on, so. Yeah. You guys, yeah. Uh, didn't get to throw the ball down the field much today. Was that by design or did it just happen? It just didn't look like... No, I mean, uh, first play of the game, called called a play where we get we could throw the ball down the field. Just just happened, you know. There were there were some there were some shots in there. Um, it's just uh, it's just depend on when we take them. You might have already adjusted. But was today more the defense playing well and imposing their will, or was it you guys not executing, not doing the things that you guys? Needed it was to do? it was both. Both, you know, defense obviously played well, but um, we can uh, we can definitely improve. Yeah. You've been taking first team reps now. I think the last two the last two days is that is that where you are right now? Is that are you are you the guy? I guess uh, I'm not going to say that. Um, you know, Mitch and I, we just, Mitch got first team reps today too. So you know, it's just uh, I mean, we'll see where it goes. Obviously, it wasn't the real thing, but how did it feel to be playing out here on the Coliseum? Good, again? good. You know, uh, first time, first time since spring. So. Um, every time you come out here, it's just, it's just a kind of special thing. Last up, you're going to hear from Quito, otherwise known as cornerback Kevin Thomas. Success defensively, I mean, oh, yeah, most one definitely. touchdown? Most definitely. Whenever we can hold this offense to, you know, three and out most of the time and no touchdowns, we had a great day. Yeah. So do you think it was more that you guys were imposing your will on them or did they just kind of have a good day? I mean, what did you see? Um... Honestly, I just think we were playing a little harder. You know, guys out there playing fast. And everybody was, you know, completing their assignments. So I think, and all, we all did our job, and that's what happened. Yeah. What, what is it when you have a scrimmage like this? Does it kind of break up the monotony of a, a camp and doing the same, you know, seven-on-sevens and stuff like that? I mean, is it good to get out there and go game speed? It is. It kind of gives you a chance, you know, oh, sorry, make a play and, you know, show what you can do for the coaches. Because, you know, whenever you're playing against these athletes that we got on this team full speed, 
you know, somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose. You just got to make sure you're the one that wins and gets the shine. Yeah. Obviously, the secondary just did a, you know, a great job today, breaking the pass, doing all that stuff. Um, I mean, how are you, are you happy with what, you, what you're seeing out of those guys? Oh, yeah, I'm most definitely happy with our secondary. I think we're all competitive, we're all athletic, we can all make plays. It's just a matter of time before we all get in our comfort zone, yeah. you know. Hopefully we can dominate. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Peristyle Podcast. Thanks very much for joining us, and stay tuned next week where I give you more sights and sounds from fall camp. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. And don't forget, you can now download the podcast directly to your iPod or MP3 player. Just search for Peristyle Podcast the next time you log into iTunes.